Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Today, Marcus and I sit down and we go over both of our lists of the top 10 feats of strength of all time. All of these feats of strength are amazing, but our lists are a little different. Marcus, I'm sure you know, he's a big boy. I think he leans a little towards the uh, the heavy guys. And uh, I went the other direction, you know, being one of the smaller uh, weight classes in weightlifting coming up. Um, but we have stuff from weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman, uh, pretty much anything strength on this list. It's awesome. This uh, episode is a really fun one. And we actually, on this episode, we broke it up into two because we went so long. We had so much to say about all these things. We went on a bunch of tangents like we always do so i think we went through from the 10th spot to the fifth spot on this episode and the next one will go through the fifth spot to first if you're listening that's great we're pretty descriptive about what's going on but this is a great one to watch on youtube uh, as well because you can see all the stuff that we're talking about um, as always make sure you take a screenshot of this episode when you're listening throw us up in your stories on social media tag me tag marcus tag hybrid unlimited and you will be automatically entered into a draw to potentially win some hybrid legacy brand apparel, which is the official apparel of Hybrid Performance Method and the Hybrid Unlimited podcast. In addition to that, check us out at hybridstrengthcoach.com. That's where we offer all of our programs from weightlifting to powerlifting, strongman, general fitness, hybrid athlete for combat sports and traditional sports athletes. Uh, and everything in between. Uh, you can get seven days free. All you have to do is go to the website and check off the box that says seven days free uh, when you sign up. And that is it for housekeeping. Sit back, relax, enjoy another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. We want to give a shout out to our incredible sponsors for the podcast Element. Chances are you're not getting enough electrolytes or salt in your diet. Element is an electrolyte supplement that contains no added sugar, no artificial ingredients, and no BS. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially if you sweat a lot during your training. Having the right levels of sodium, potassium, and magnesium flowing through your system will not only help combat fatigue and brain fog, but it can seriously improve your performance in the gym. But don't just take our word for it. Athletes in the NFL, NBA, NHL, US Olympians, and members of the Special Forces are all drinking Element to get their electrolyte intake on point with the most delicious powder on the market seriously these flavors are insane my personal favorite is citrus salt element is giving our listeners a special offer head over to the link in our show notes or ig to get a free gift with your purchase courtesy of our friends at element again the link is drinkelement.com hybrid that's drinklmnt.com hybrid stay salty and now back to the show at no point during the lex friedman thing did he make any kind of articulate point except like he, he almost contradicted his whole position in a way because he said i've been screwed over in business by all these people which is funny because i mean if he's like the most successful and wealthiest black businessman on earth you're doing pretty well like how could, I, I mean, I get it. Like, I don't know if he is anymore. Oh, well, I, think, I mean, prior to this whole death con thing, he was. But after that, clearly not, because he lost all of his deals. Yeah. Do you think he'll end up making more money, though, going out on his own, not having to give, like, Adidas a cut or Gap a cut or Balenciaga? Honestly, I think the logistics behind mass production of shoes and garments and high fashion is probably a pretty big thing to try and start on your own, like, 
Yeah. I mean, think about the supply chains and the logistics that those guys have set up at scale, which brings down cost per unit. So that they've had for no. so long. To... I don't think he'll make more money because he's alienated himself and ruined his image. It's like even Michael Rick Richards. Like, remember that whole thing that happened with him? Like, yeah, that's tough. He was never the same after that. Like, in terms of the business world, I, I wonder how he was doing in general. Michael Richards before the whole crazy outburst thing, the racist outburst. Mm -hmm. Look it up if you don't know what we're talking about. This about this Kramer from Seinfeld because he didn't do anything after Seinfeld. But I, I don't know if he needed to. I don't know if the royalties from Seinfeld are just. So that's what I'm thinking. I don't forever. think he cared. Well, I'm, well, he probably cared, but I don't think that he needed any more money. So I don't think that that outburst probably probably didn't negatively affect his net worth or anything. Because he's still going to get a cut of that money every like you know like the Friends actors they get like twenty million a year do nothing. Yeah, I heard. I heard this was a stat that I heard like many many years ago. But something like Jerry Seinfeld makes <clears throat> like triple digit millions a year off of. Uh, yeah, Seinfeld sure. reruns because and, and, sure. and all they keep doing is massive deals like they'll have a deal where Seinfeld will be on Netflix for like five years and then as soon as that deals up they sell it again to Hulu and then they you know and they I mean him and Larry it. David probably I mean it's amazing Larry David had another show that was arguably more successful than that after yeah just, I mean I, I still think Seinfeld's the best show ever just because it was the first one sure and they repeat a lot of the concepts in Curb yeah but if I just objectively watch the two I think Curb might be funnier I think it's funnier just because I can identify with Larry David so much you are that person <laughs> so yeah. yeah it's amazing that he was able to make a show probably less scripted and less rigid than Seinfeld well, apparently they improv the whole thing. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's so crazy. Just like, here's a situation. How do we make this funny? And just let's talk about it. And like, that's what I found endearing is you see them laughing and it's like, because they're actually laughing at how stupid the thing is that they're talking about. And he's coming up with like, all right, what would I do if social constraints weren't a thing? Oh. Oh my God, dude. So many of them were like, have you seen the, I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, there's like a military guy. He comes mm -hmm. into the room and everyone's saying thank you to uh, thank you for, thank your, you service. for your service. And it gets to him, he's like, "How you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> he's offended as fuck by <laughs> everyone's so mad at him. <laughs> oh man, I let's not go there. I'll tell you one thing. This is one thing, and I know it's part of the sh the show that all, but it always frustrates me with every sitcom, Seinfeld included, is like they'll be in some situation that in real life you would just explain yourself out of right like like when the girl breaks up with jerry because she thinks he's picking his nose in the car yeah but really he's scratching the outside like i mean it's so ridiculous yeah it's obviously <laughs> it works like, no, for the show. it was just an itch <laughs> if we if we pick do we not bleed yeah <laughs> yeah i yeah I don't, I don't think you would lose a date over that but it is funny to i, I feel like that show was like what's the worst thing that could happen in yeah, this situation in these like normal everyday right. situations yeah i mean like i i thought one of the funniest improv or maybe not improv but the bits ever was when they went to go return that fruit to the fruit stand downstairs and <laughs> they kept like they, stand. yeah <laughs> they, they sent like who would ever return fruit that's so insane he's like you don't stand by your fruit yeah i stand by my fruit yeah <laughs> i i can't you know the problem with all those shows when I rewatch them too many times, I find myself embodying like either it's George or Larry in real <laughs> life a little bit more. Like I'll go about my day and I'm like, fuck, like, did I really say that to somebody? Well, they have an amazing way of looking at all the everyday situations that you normally just participate in and don't think about or, or analyze. Mm -hmm. 
but I have a feeling at least that Jerry operates that way, right? And and Larry David, like they must be going through life just like hyper analyzing every single situation that happens. Like she eats her peas one at a time. Yeah. And he's he's so disturbed by it. Like but and because he wants to know why. Not because there's anything fundamentally wrong with it. He's just like confused. I think they do think that there's something fundamentally wrong with it. Like actually you might be right in that scenario. Like today <laughs> I found myself I was it made me so angry. I was just at the gym and I got done squatting and like, you know, like whatever. Uh-huh. Use an actual barbell and squat respectable amounts of weights, even though I'm washed up and retired now. <laughs> there was like this group of like jagaloons using everything. <laughs> what, what's, a, what's a jagaloon? Just, you know it if you see it. Like, you know, Jim Jagaloon. You go in and they're just doing everything wrong and oh. being flashy. And there's like six people videoing them and they're not strong and they're screaming. So these guys were on a Smith machine. Was this at uh, Elevation? Yeah. So, they, you know, like I was, you know, just angry me in the corner, blowing <laughs> off the steam of the day. And then like, I, you know, go about my thing. And they're this, this group of just the worst people ever are on a Smith machine squatting. Oh, no. It's like four dudes, each one of them like equally worse or progressively worse at squatting than the last one using the smith machine going <coughs> quote-unquote heavy one of them had one of those noxious like i squat bench deadlift shirts on using Classic. like didn't know how to wrap himself using a belt but like every rep that they did they had like the underbody spotter going like the oh, full wow. body hug thing doing like three plates and then they worked up to like four plates and like just screaming the whole Every rep was screaming the whole time and the whole gym was staring at them and they were just like oblivious to the fact that they were morons. That's tough. I always find it tough because on the one hand, I want to encourage anybody who's like in the gym, right? You know, like good for you that you're in the gym, but there's definitely like a line where if you don't like really, and this is like sounds elitist, but if you don't really understand your place, right in the gym it's that's what's annoying like like if i went into a bodybuilding gym and was just being super obnoxious and i'm like using the posing room or whatever and then there's like some mr olympia guy who's got a competition next next week exactly and i'm in there filming all my shit and like it's like okay like good for you for doing the thing but like i think it's a it's a weird thing where like you mix social media and you get like a couple girls around you and like you get a couple guys that have way too much, like, you know, just gusto flowing through their system. And they think that by being loud and obnoxious and filming it, it makes what they're doing validated. And it's like, bro, everyone's staring at you and thinks you're a clown. Like, if you're a beginner and you're in there, like, just doing your thing, working hard, like, everybody's going to applaud you in their head. But if you're the guy that walks in and, like, you couldn't put four plates on a barbell and squat it. Why are you doing it on the Smith machine with like five spotters and weird knee wraps? And like the screaming thing was the worst. It wasn't a parody. I hope it was. <laughs> I hope. Anyways. Well, we're doing hot takes. Yeah. Oh, that's what this is. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Nothing says objectifying women more than the dudes who literally use women as objects to lift for youtube and instagram videos you mean like putting them on a leg press yeah or like like or larry wheels putting them on a barbell on each side and then bench pressing it yeah like hey girls don't (laughs) don't let people do that don't let people use you as weights it's like it seems so degrading 
Every time I see it, I'm just like, this is actually like if you could if there was a picture dictionary of like how to objectify a, a woman, it'd be use a woman as an object. Literally. Yeah. Well, yes. Let's, <laughs> let's not go down that rabbit hole. But I think the weirdest thing is like if you're a guy and you're trying to prove how strong you are and you put like a girl on the leg press sled as like an additional amount of weight, like dog, like find the biggest dude in the gym and sit his fat ass up there. <laughs> Like, put me up there. Next like, you time, want to leg press with me on the thing? Like, let's go. Let's see how strong you are. But don't put the time you should, you should offer. Yeah, like, you need weight? Like, <laughs> yeah. I got you. Like, I'll sit up there. Oh, man. All right. Let's, let's segue into our, yeah. our feats of strength. <clears throat> so we're going to be going through. Marcus and I both made a list. We each have um, 10 of what we consider the greatest feats of strength of all time. And now I'm going to preface this by saying... Mine is not only based on the actual accomplishment, but mm. also the sentimentality of it. Okay. okay so my, I got my feels involved a little bit. And um, What's up also, with the numbers? the numbers. Also, I know I didn't. <laughs> I got lazy to switch them around. But, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. But we, they're all there from one to 10. Um, and also, like, what kind of impact it had on sort of strength sports as a whole. Yeah, mine are pretty much the same because, like, I went off the the things that I could pick out. Like, a couple I had to remember and kind of like, like, oh, this was the thing I was thinking of. But there were several in there. I'm like, oh, like, I watch that every day when I first started, like, strength training. It was super motivational. And then as the years have gone on, there's a bunch of – there's someone here that, like, I've personally witnessed. And then there's someone here that are associated with me. Then some associated with hybrid through, like, various degrees of relationship, sure. like – you know, even Thor, and then you have Eddie, like, they're yeah, all vaguely yeah. tied into this world, and, you know, I I didn't put mine in any particular order, but I did put them um, in the order of, of uh, like, sentimentality, and, okay. you know, just overall epicness. Mine, I think, are on the heavier end. I think I put yes. Ilya's, because uh, Ilya's snap, or he, he did the 246 clean and jerk at the president's cup in 2015. So I think I have that on here twice. I didn't realize that. Okay. All right. So I have nine. Okay. So That's whatever. fine. Whatever. So we'll try to get through in one episode might be two. Um, <clears throat> anyone who is listening right now, if you want, it might be a good episode to watch on YouTube so you can see what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but if not, we'll do our best to describe it for you anyway. Um, so you want to kick it off? Yeah, man, let's go. Let's start with your number 10. Cause I want to go your number <clears throat> 10, my okay. number 10, which is the bottom of my list is probably the, to me, it's the coolest accomplishment in weightlifting of all time. Your number 10. Okay. Hold my, on. It's, in my opinion. So <clears throat> I have in the 10th spot, Dmitry Klokov push pressing 225 kilos, because this is just an absolutely ridiculous display of strength. This is literally a weight that if you clean and jerk this in competition, it's yeah. like you're meddling at worlds. Oh, for so, sure. Um, Although he, his, his, the funny thing is, think about it. His clean and jerk. I think his best clean and jerk ever was like 240. Was it even that? I don't, I don't in competition. No, I think he probably did more out of competition. I think he did a lot more out of competition than he did in competition. I think a lot of these guys did. And also I'll preface this whole thing by um, saying, Obviously, this is strength sports, and these are some of the greatest feats in the world. So, of course, a lot of these guys are using PEDs. 
Um, Kolkov never got popped. No, he did have a bad knee injury. She she did pull <laughs> out of a meet while on a private jet flying to the Olympics, though. Did he? Yeah. You talking about you talking about 2012 London? He pulled out of the one that him and uh, who was the other guy, the other Russian that we they were really competitive with. Oh Jesus! Uh, um, what was his name? I can't remember. Damn it! But anyways, was he a 105? Uh huh. They're both 105s, and both of them both of them pulled out. And then Marcin Doenga tested positive. So the guy who came fourth won well, Tarak, the Olympics. Well, Tarakti competed there. Oh, so so yeah, yeah. So he came fourth and then won. Like Tarakti not, did? Not actually fourth, but it would have been Klokov, the other Russian, Doenga, and then him. And Because I know that like if we're talking Russian sphere of lifters, like Ruslan Narudinov, did he compete there? I don't know if he was on the scene mm. yet. He's the Uzbeki guy. No. So there's Rusev. Oh, there was another Russian. Oh my god! I, the, I the Russian that I'm face. thinking of is like he's way less jacked looking than Klokov. Yeah, and he always would come first, and Klokov would come second. Oh my god! Klokov is like if you had to do a draft for the best runner-up, it's like well, probably one of my favorite lifters of all time, but somehow just couldn't get a gold medal who who did he lose to and i don't think he ever got He's, to the world stage like at a point where he was at his prime either he was in it for a long time the old vintage uh Klokov videos remember like him in the that blue yeah. singlet with the of course the headband yeah really but he was a young dude when he pulled out of london and he never went to rio because he just retired at that point he realized like because well, no ev- everyone was getting popped it was, yeah the, the the game changed completely Everyone was testing positive, and I don't think they wanted to risk it. I mean, arguably, I'm going to say it became less fun to watch, but they definitely took all of the, you know, the hype out of it because all of those amazing lifters from that period of, like, 2008 to 2015, basically, they all, you know, they ended up going the way of the dinosaur at that point they i guess drug testing caught up with them and whatever secret shit they were using in russia well it it must be a weird it must have been a weird thing for them right because in different parts of the world steroids are legal or illegal it's not the same across the board like uh in canada for personal use it's it's legal it's there i i believe Someone might correct me on this, but from what I understand, I think the rules are around steroid use in Canada are very similar to what the marijuana rules used to be, where mm. you like you can't buy it, you can't sell it. But if you distribute it, you're going to jail. What? But you're not. If you got caught in the act of buying or selling it, it was that was also a problem. Like that was illegal. But if you were just found with it on you, you're allowed to have a certain amount. But I think it always came down to distribution. Like, That's why they just wanted to stop the. Right, because they would go after the big guys. Yeah, I mean, but like I remember, there was a Canadian. I can't remember his name, but he was a really, really amazing weightlifter, and uh, they were actually specifically told that there wasn't going to be testing because this was the first time that they ever. This was Mm. the first time it was a Pan American Games where testing was done at an international meet, and there was rumors that it was possibly going to happen and, but they were told it, it, you know, their sources told them that it wasn't going to happen. So this is like, you know, this is powerlifting days where it's, they're not saying take it, but they're not saying you can't. Right. right? It's like, uh, so don't get me involved in that conversation. He goes and he tests positive and he ended up, he actually 
like was kind of a beauty about it. He just went online or, or uh, on I can't remember what what network it was, but a big one MySpace at the time. Or something. No, no, like um, like a TV network. He did like a bunch of oh, interviews about it because oh, he was like one of the first guys, yeah. you know, to get popped like that. It's like, oof, sorry. And uh, no, but he was so straight up about it. He's like, he's like, look, I was I was just the guy that got tested, but like you think like you think other people aren't doing this and the the lady who was interviewing him goes well i think that it's you know the the knowledge that you're going to potentially get tested is enough to scare people away from doing it and he goes he's like for a lot of people myself included this is the biggest opportunity of my life oh. and i'm going to take that risk 10 times out of 10 because they all also know that everybody else is doing it it's like what yeah. are you going to go to the international competition and lift 15% less than the the guy that you're competing against and look like an idiot. Like, yeah. If your goal is to just show up and say you competed, then okay. But I think a lot of those guys, it's like you're, if they weren't doing it, yeah. especially back in that era, it's like, you're just bringing a knife to a gunfight. Well, now it's even worse, man. Cause like now there's a pretty clear line in the sand on a national or global level, I should say, where you have local federations and by local i mean like the national federation of that country sure. is supposed to be the governing body of that country yeah like very clearly testing or not testing like there's an entire block of countries and those are the ones that are still able to medal at the olympics and like they're clearly not testing their own athletes because like there's stories recently about you know national level lifters getting popped by their federations locally on a, like a on a uh -huh. local level national level where like that would have been the best chance for that country to medal at the Olympics in, in that sport. And they got rid of their own person. So to me, it's like, that's all Western course. countries, right? It's all, well, I mean, there's some South American ones too, that we know examples of, which that's is true. I, I think it, with some of the South American ones, like for example, Pat Mendez, remember when, when he oh, tested yeah. positive, he was Brazil, right? Uh, he, he was competing for Brazil, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. yeah. But I, what I heard was that there was a super political thing. So like they yeah. didn't, they didn't like the fact that he was, they considered him an American, but because of his where his mother was born, he had a Brazilian passport, so he had the opportunity to compete for Brazil. They didn't like that he. And again, this is this is just the rumors that I've heard, sure. but they didn't like apparently that he was taking away uh, a potential Olympic spot from a Brazilian, from a, a quote unquote real Brazilian. So th the Maybe. rumor was that he got kind of set up by his own Wouldn't his be own the first country. Time. Yeah, which is which is messed up because like, what are you going out there and sending these these young men to compete against? You're you're sending like imagine you have let's just take a, a super heavyweight right like yeah. you have a super heavyweight right now and there's I can think of like three you could think of Lasha you could think of Gore Misanyan from Armenia and mm -hmm. like I don't know like there's like one Chinese super that competes pretty regularly. You're talking current. Yeah, I mean like. But basically, like the other ones have been either wiped out or retired on their own or, yeah. or or popped, right? So like you don't really have you don't <laughs> you don't really have like a good showing anymore. And yeah. then I, I just don't think that there's any explanation except for politics on a local level. Like, why would you yeah. shoot yourself in the foot at the Olympics just to prove a point locally? Like, oh no, you better not go train in America and train at an American gym, like yeah, and then come and compete for us when the times like what like they're still representing like, your country. Yeah, don't you have an interest in them doing well? You would think like because every other country on earth has an interest in their own athletes being the best possible and like 
come on, you think Lasha's ever been tested? Really? No, uh, didn't he? Except for the he, Olympics. He didn't years ago, he test positive and then he came back. He got popped as a youth. Uh, but then they were like, this guy's too good. Let's just let him do his thing. <laughs> That's I mean, what it seems like, right? You reach a certain level. I, I actually, except for with Ilya Illin. But apparently that was political as well. Yeah. I don't know what the politics of his was, but. He, he, uh, like he, you know how huge of a star he is there. It's yeah. like being freaking David Beckham in. But that, I think that was political on an, on an IOC level as opposed to a local level because well, he was tight. He had, from what I remember, he was really tight with the government, the president. He was very tight with the president, but his pro I think his issue was with the, um, Kazakhstan weightlifting federation because hmm. he, they're apparently, apparently they have to train at the national training center yeah, and, and use the coaches that are provided to them. Uh, you know, if they do that, yeah. and he was such a huge star. He just kind of said like, F that I'm going to, he hired his own nutrition coach, his own person who did his oh. programming, his own person that worked on, like on technique with him. Yeah. So he just like made his own camp and apparently they didn't like that. How'd you find out about that? I don't remember. I hear a lot of things. It wouldn't surprise, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me, but that's a bummer. All right, let's let's go. Let's right. go to my. I yeah, guess here your ten. We'll go to my number ten, which I guess we can. Uh, whenever we get to it, let's split up the President's Cup twenty fifteen into two videos, so we can kind of keep those as two. Okay, we'll get there. But yeah, my number ten is uh, for you powerlifting history buffs. Uh, this was Ed Cohn's training partner and certified freak, and I don't know his best total of all time but to me this was for the time right this was like back in the day when iron mind was like the big publication oh, dude i used to get the magazines oh this but this is epic right so this is a video and they consider this single ply with the knee wraps and does he have a, a suit on i don't know if he yeah, has a suit it, on it, no yeah it looks it looks did you see them loaded up go back for a but second he doesn't have briefs or anything it doesn't look like he has but that's that looks like a squat suit no because, like, he's getting it pulled up on him. Yeah, like a single ply. Yeah. Which is, like, honestly, it's not doing that much. No, he's got, like, the funny thing is, I think if you were to swap modern knee wraps for whatever the hell he has on his knees, those ace bandage things. I 100% agree, yeah. Like, it, do, it does way more. Those The new it, knee wraps now, oh, dude. they do so much more than that. That uh, so let's just say he's squatting with knee wraps here, just to make things yeah, just to make things uh, equal, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is a video to account for powerlifting inflation. <laughs> God. <laughs> so this is a video of Kirk Kowarski squatting a thousand pounds for two reps, and this was back in the early '90s when the thousand pound squat was only ever done by like multi ply and some single ply dudes like Ed. Does he dunk this? Dunks the shit out of. Not only dunks it, but like. Look at the bar he's using that's bending like crazy. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even uh, think about that. And this is a double. Look at it shaking. So he just Whoa. murders the first rep and just dunks the second one. Look at this. Look at this hype crew he's got around him. And just, just yeah, that's sick. Oh. And this is the best part. I want to hold it. I mean, could you imagine... <laughs> Could you imagine, like, this group of dudes? This is the same guy who's on video drinking protein shakes mixed with beer. I, Just like know, an absolute I, animal. I heard that he's a complete lunatic. Like, he used to... That's what Ed's told he'd, me. He'd get yeah. mad and, like, chuck plates across yeah. the room and shit. Like, just, Ed said he was a wild dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's funny. Like, I was up in Chicago 
like late last year. I think it was late last year, maybe earlier this year or something. We went out to dinner with Ed and like, if you guys don't know Ed Cohen on a personal level, he's absolutely the fucking sweetheart. Like, yeah, we'll go out of your way to help you and go out of his way to give you advice on training and technique and like, you know, argue, arguably the greatest powerlifter of all time. I mean, I consider him to be Dude, the greatest the, powerlifter. The first of all time, time I ever met Ed was before anybody in the industry knew who like Steffi or I was. Right. We're in Chicago. I just type in powerlifting gyms and we find Lance's gym. And I may have told this on the podcast before, so bear with me if you've heard it already. But um this gym is impossible to find. It's in a giant building that like there's a CrossFit gym on the main floor and I thought that might be the gym. We go mm -hmm. in, okay, it's not that. I'm like looking around. There's like a sneaky back door of this giant complex that you have to find with no signage, no nothing. You go down and then you walk through this labyrinth where you're passing like wood shops and like little like great co-working spaces and all these different things. And eventually I was like, well, I get, oh, I'm bought in now. Probably walked 10 minutes underground <laughs> and then finally find Epic. this tiny little gym. Look in, there's a Python like a, a snake, a giant python just sitting in a, like, tank. And then there's a bunch of, like, you know, real ratty, like, powerlifting equipment and machines. Like old Ivanko plates and rusted bars yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> I look in, you know, and this is like, you know when you when you first get into a sport, like when you first get into weightlifting, you really nerd out on it. Same with yeah. powerlifting, all those things. Yeah. So the, I, we were in that kind of like phase of it. Yeah. So we look in and I go, oh my God, I think that's Ed Cohn. And we like pulled back, you know, we like, we're like, is that actually him? Yeah. And Steffi's like, I think that's him. What the hell? So whatever we go in there, we, you know, super down to earth, you yeah. know, super, super cool. Like gave us tips on a bunch of different things. Um, like we were, I think we were both squatting and he was giving us different tips on that and stuff you can do when you wear weightlifting shoes versus not wearing them and whatever. But then at the end of it, we, uh, we were staying at her sister's house in the suburbs and he like offered to drive us back. Oh, that's amazing. He just beauty. pulled up as we were walking out and, you know, we were trying to be, you know, we don't want to impose on him. It was a long drive. So we ended up uh, taking a train. And but still, it, it was, I mean, the gesture is epic. The gesture was epic. And I regretted not going with him because it was a brutal train ride. But but he was just like, it's like, dude, that's the greatest power lifter of all time just so yeah. humble so like that's how it should be though you know yeah. like if anybody in the sport if you're a young power lifter a young weightlifter, like don't be afraid to go talk to people that are really good you know hopefully you don't meet one that's a well, dick that's, that's one of the coolest parts about the sport is that you can be an absolute beginner and compete on the same stage as like the greats oh yeah that's something that i've always really like a lot of that because you become friends with some people and they give you tips and tricks and like if they're cool they'll help you get better and like to me meeting ed this ed judge the first time i went with you guys out to record breakers it was the first real meet i did like oh, first yeah. big meet after we did some local bullshit ones here back in like 18 17 and like he was my center judge and i always remember i like I don't remember what I squatted there, but he came. I think it was like a 300 kilo squat I did on my last one. And he came up to me afterward. He's like, yeah, that last one, I was the only one that really counted. I want you to know that. <laughs> I was like, 
Thanks, Ed. Appreciate that. You, you but know, he was like, he meant it in like such a endearing way. Like, hey, like, like you did good on this last one. The other two were gifts. It's also hilarious to think that you were at a point in your career where those lifts meant a lot to you and he was just white lighting you because in his mind, it's like, these are all bullshit numbers. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter if I give him a white or a red, like who cares? You know what? But it made me, it, like it turned that experience because that was a real, you know, I don't know if you remember that meet. Like, I do. Do you remember in the warm-up room? Like it was like Matt Wenning's last meet ever. Uh -huh. He pulled out on the squads because he, he, right? he got hurt. Yeah. And like, it was all these greats, you know, like Jesse Burdick was there. I don't remember if Mark Bell was there at the time, but mm -hmm. I think so. Jeremy Abia was there. Like all these just, just animals, like these dudes that you always looked up to when you first started and yeah. they were just there like hanging out. They're super cool people. And Jeremy is low key the most underrated powerlifter in the world, by the way. I don't know if it's low key, dude. I mean, I remember from the time I started, he was just, he was like one of those guys that would just go in. He's all smiley and happy. He'd be going, going in training. He'd post the videos back then and be like, oh, just a couple reps at 800 pound deadlifts. He's and just such like, an animal. What and, the fuck? And also, he's like one of those guys that looks 20 for his yeah. whole life. You know, like that guy, he's, he's older than me. And when I met him, what? I was like, I thought he was younger. Yeah, he's just got like, He's a super nice dude. He's got a good soul. I remember, you remember like when we were out there, we got, we all got a place and mm -hmm. he like, I think we like, we all like needed, like, I think we might've just like asked him to help us get some like bullshit supplies and stuff. And he like went out of his way, probably went grocery shopping and all yeah, sorts of yeah, stuff yeah. just to bring us all the stuff. People he didn't even know. We all I hit remember. like, I hit it off of them immediately. Cause I was like, God damn dude. Like you didn't have to do all this. This is. Yeah. Is he sleeping beating? I don't know, man. I just got back on the internet a couple days ago. Like, how's that been? I hate it. <laughs> but you can't stop now. No, I mean, like, I want to use it. I'm using it more for like business, like stuff I'm posting. I'll post travel pictures, and like, I'm trying to post more content for our company. Yeah. But you know, it's weird. I think Instagram has changed quite a bit since a year ago when I took a break, and now it's, dude. Every video I see, it's like, here's five tips and tricks to help you get better at business and like i yeah. see andrew tate everywhere and i'm like this guy's a fucking clown like, <laughs> how could anybody listen to this dude and and well they, they killed pictures so now it's like everything has to be a reel and if you really want it to get seen you like you need like a trending audio to go with it as well so it's like you know i get it like, back in the day we could post we could post a freaking photo of like Steph or me lifting and be like sign up for our thing and get 50 people in like sure minutes. and now and, it's and like, all of your following would see it yeah yeah and, and now, now like every time i scroll down the thing it's like add 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 it's like a girl doing some stupid thing like with some caption every caption's like just love yourself and <laughs> this is how to be the best version of you and love your body i'm like like every one of you you're fucking robots and, and I, I hate that because it's it's just not genuine. Not one bit. And like the coaching world of the strength sports world has gotten just wild. Yeah. Everyone on there is like, here's 10 tips and tricks to get your deadlift better. And like, I'll go through the tips and tricks. And I'm like, okay, like I'll, I'll probably be able to tell if these are legitimate or not. It's like, get good sleep, get good nutrition, get your mindset correct, have a good program. Like, this is what you're telling people to do? Yeah, and also all of those things need their own video. 
<laughs> right? Like, like how you get yeah. good nutrition? Okay. What does that mean? Let me just click the get good nutrition button on my yeah, phone. Yeah, like have a good mindset. Like, yo, what, <laughs> like what if you had a bad day? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, you're not going to the gym with a good mindset. Oh, man. That's the, I mean, that's the point of actually having a coach, right? To help you through all those things. Yeah, sure. A- anyways, all right. Let's, let's go to okay. your, your, your number nine, nine now. Nine. All right. This is one that I'd seen videos of. And I, as soon as you sent it to me, I remembered because of the polo shirt. Now, I'll tell you why. This is Misha Koklev squatting 290 kilos, 640 pounds with no hands. And yeah, why, 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 this, <laughs> why I find this impressive is because no one had done this really prior. <laughs> now it's like a thing. And it's actually, it's not, oh my it's God. not that honestly hard of a thing to do. Like at my strongest, I could have probably done this with 600 pounds. But yes, yeah. But he like invented this thing, and I think he was the first guy, as far as I know, who started doing like weightlifting tricks online that were just like crazy feats of strength. Because he kind of followed and that same is, pattern that like, uh, and uh, uh, Klokov did, all those Russians did, right? Where they would retire and they started the seminar circuit. And the seminar circuit was huge for years. Oh yeah. Well, and I would feel really bad if I didn't include Misha Kokleyev on this list in some way because there is nobody Look, else. There's a 310. No hands. Oh, that was 310 after? No, he did. There's another video that says he did 310 no hands. George, can you put that up? Because that should probably replace this one then. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. He's so happy. Wow, dude. God, okay, yeah, that's pretty. He's so big. What do you think he weighed there? Like three oh, look, of course look at that look at the crew he's with <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> wow okay well this one replaces it then but my Fuck. thing is like there's no there's never been anyone before or after who has been competitive the way he was oh look, look at this crew it it's Const- K- constantine yeah, it's kk and then and uh Kirill. yeah Kirill and, <laughs> and Misha. All, wow oh my god uh, but there's no one who has ever been as competitive in strongman Olympic weightlifting yeah. and powerlifting. He's he was, a freak. He was like the first ever hybrid athlete. Oh my god! Look at that. At like a crazy level. Oh my god! Oh, and it's so easy, dude. The shelf of his back. He's got to be big now, man. He was not three hundred pounds. He must have been bigger than that. All right. I said three forty. That's pretty big. Oh yeah. Okay. Because he's, like, right. he's not like right. he's not. He's not like a a Thor. You know? No, no, no. I mean, he's probably like my height, maybe a little bit taller. Because look, what him you, standing. What there, are you? Six two. I'm six two. But him standing there next to Kirill. I mean, Kirill is six nine. And and okay, I mean, yeah, he might be bigger like than six, three forty, four, six then. five. But he always kept like a pretty, like he was never a fat, no, yeah, never a fat strong man or power lifter. All right, so now that we're here, I saw a, a video. I want to make an honorable mention because I didn't do an okay. honorable mention. So. Toshiki Yamamoto, I think his name is Toshiki Yamamoto, but he was uh-huh. a Japanese, I think he was like 85 kilo weightlifter when that was still a, a weight class. Yeah, yeah. Can you pull his video up? Let's see. Yeah. No, no, Yama. Yeah, uh, Y-A. Yeah. Yamamoto. Yeah. All right. Now, if you just pull up some of this guy's lifts. From, so from, you know, this is like when I was still... Oh, I, I used to love this guy. He, I, yeah, yeah. I think he was the 
most technically proficient weightlifter I've ever seen in my life. You know what was crazy? There was uh, one big international competition where he wore Nike-free running shoes. What? Yeah. I, apparent, Come on. Yeah, apparently it, uh, it was like... Uh, something like he just felt better with his technique in in quote-unquote flats but i'm like yeah those aren't even flats those are like squishy i've seen the metcon videos before it's weird right so this dude so back in back in the day this was this was when i was this guy's done powerlifting meets too eh? i just saw that i had no idea yeah yeah but he his technique is I think the best I've ever seen. Hello friends, we wanted to remind you about our exclusive offer from Element for Hybrid Unlimited listeners. You can snag a free gift when you purchase your pack of Element over at www.drinkelement.com slash hybrid. That's www.drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. You can also find that link in the show notes or over on the podcast Instagram page. If you sweat, you need Element. It's the tastiest electrolyte supplement on the market, trusted by athletes at the highest level. We love it, and we know you will too. All right, back to the show. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just his proportions or the way he moves or the way he catches the bar, but... Dude, look at his physique. That dude's yeah, nuts. And for a Japanese dude, like, unbelievably big. I trained at the gym he, he uh, trained at in Japan. Which one? Oh, man. it was Tokyo a- Strength? Because I went there. I trained at Tokyo. It might have been. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that the one in the basement? Look, he, he did a... Go, George, scroll that back a little bit. Look at that. He did a powerlifting competition oh, yeah, with yeah. Romaleos on, doing a deadlift. Dude, this guy... This, this guy <laughs> is, He deadlifts in weightlifting shoes and snatches in running shoes. <laughs> and the best technique ever. Yeah. This Damn, he, You know, the, the old hook grip videos of him were unbelievable and like... I didn't know you could move like that as a weightlifter until I saw this guy. And now other people like arguably stronger, you know, more objectively stronger, I should say. But like, I don't think I've ever seen anybody move quite like him. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's the top 1% of weightlifters. Oh, him. Uh, what was his he's name? He's the Iranian dude. And he was yeah, always yeah, like yeah. very angry. Uh, super heavyweight. He was, was Fernando. He was um, like Rezazadeh's yeah, replacement. Yeah. Fuck, what was his name? He was really good until he got hurt. Is that what happened? Because he fell yeah, off. Yeah, I think he got a pretty bad injury and he had to retire. Damn. But I, f- I forgot his name, man. He was really good. There was him and another Iranian. Uh, it was like Baha, uh, something with a B. We're I don't ra- want to butcher it. We're rusty on the weightlifting. All right. Um, All right. What's your number nine? Let's uh, let's see what I put. All right. So in in the same spirit as. Uh, the thousand pound double by Captain Kirk Kowarski. I mean, for the time, and like, this was a 220 pound weight class that Ed competed in. He totaled 2463. Yeah, and like, Jesus. You know, he had a belt, and like, yeah, I think it was considered single ply, single but it's ply not like at the today. time. But like, those knee wraps are no different than, you know, ace bandages. So let's just say knee wraps, right? Absolutely. Just for argument's sake. If you had to create a human being, like, like as if they were, um, like, a, yeah. the, you know, like, like a weight, like you just prototypically like, like created a, a weightlifter. Like person. Yeah. It's Ed. Oh, it's, yeah. It's him. Because look at the, look at the way this dude squatted back then. Just ass to grass. <laughs> what was that 920? This is his first attempt. I mean, 
so it's so ridiculous. I mean, that was you know, and he must have walked around to 240, 250 for the meet, but he cut down to two twenty to compete in this thing. It was actually talking to him about how he used to train in the off season was really interesting because it was so simple. What was, was that? He was like, "Well, I just whatever my weakness was, that's all I did." So I'm like, "That's so obviously simple and intuitive, but it's so easy to just like." go in and do the stuff that you enjoy because you're good at it right you know he's like if I, if i you know I, I i'm giving examples i don't know what his actual examples were but it's like if i had trouble with lockout i would uh, in bench press i was doing lots of close grip bench if mm. i was you know uh if my back strength was an issue like i just hammered all the exercises that you know yeah i get help with it's like you know i remember he like kind of harped on it with me before because he was watching some of my pretty heavy training for like the deadlift prep i was doing and Mm -hmm. you know he would like be able to he could pick it out even from my videos he'd be like you know your glutes are weak like you need to train your glutes do this i was like oh Oh, that was really easy oh dude is he wearing a bench shirt there because i don't think i think the one look yeah i mean he's got it i think the one thing that he he didn't do which is it's actually amazing that he accomplished all the records he did like total wise without it was i don't think he benched 500 raw really yeah i'm pretty he's definitely wearing a bench shirt here yeah oh andy <laughs> he had to have plates down by his feet oh yeah but yeah it's like how tall is he you think five, five seven six, five, five seven. six yeah maybe yeah Dude, have you ever seen, seen any of the uh, old videos of Ooh. him? How jacked he was? Yes, I've 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 yeah. seen I've seen plenty. Five I mean, six, I called it. Yeah, mutant, mutant. Five six and same uh, same width and same wingspan as you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah six two. And the, probably the biggest hands of of a human being I've ever met in my life. Oh yeah, he, like I said, he's he was like created for this in a lab. He this <laughs> they didn't have like a deadlift suit on, right? There's no way that doesn't look like it. It just looks, that like, looks a, like a regular singlet. singlet. Yeah. And this is pretty epic. What is this? Uh, this was just a st- uh, his first attempt. I mean, this is what, like 800 something? It just said it at the beginning of the video. Didn't he switch the sumo because of an injury too? And then just continued to break all the world records? Oh, yeah. So the starting 370. Yeah, that's just like a basic singlet, it looks like. Yeah. Oh, he was pulling conventional here. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Must have been before whatever that injury is. Yeah. 750 opener. When I see someone... Did they do count it, that? No way. Well, I actually put it down too fast. I mean, I've gotten called for it before. Yeah. I got called at the hybrid meet last year because I put it down too fast. When I see somebody do an opening attempt that easy, I'm like, why? Confidence. I don't blame him. I mean... I mean, I guess it worked out. <laughs> yeah, don't question the man. I guess it worked out. He got a world record. 24, 50, 63 total. Oof. Wow. Yeah, he actually tried on that one. I'm, oh, 402. He, oh! That's unreal. He he deadlifted unreal. over 900 in his day, right? I mean, based on that, this was 97 this meet or 98 yeah. this meet. Like, clear, he didn't stop competing into the 2000s. Like, That's yeah, what I was going to say. Sure. It's actually wild how like recent some of his records are yeah and you know the fun- all right so imagine we're comparing this to like modern day lifters that are in the 220 weight class so like who who are we talking about like mm. pack doesn't compete there 
No, he's one ninety eight. Um, in the two twenties, I don't who's even. Who's two twenty? Is there any like real popular ones right now? Oh, not that I know of. I mean, I guess half I, floats there, but I think the two the two forty two class is pretty stacked. The one ninety eight yeah. class is stacked. I'm not. That's like Carlos Reyes and you know that whole okay. modern contingency of like super strong two forty twos. Like Griggs competed there. Jamal oh, yeah. competes at two forty two. I th- yeah. think he still competes at two forty two. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So like. I mean, if you were to compare, like, let's just go like apples to apples. Like, okay, maybe Jamal versus Ed Cohn, but their totals don't sync up. But then again, Jamal only competes in knee sleeves, so it's probably but not a fair comparison. There's well, there's a few different things, right? Like, there's also the fact that Ed had to do all of that on a power bar. Yeah, that's true. And with twenty four hour, or sorry, with two hour weigh in, not twenty four hour weigh in. So if he competed at two twenty for that meet. He's not wow. doing. He's not doing enormous cuts. Like he's competing so he pretty been, close to his actual body weight. God, Nowadays, the the advantages that's that's why if you ever hear him talk about it, he's like, yeah, it's great what everybody's doing, but it's not, like not the same game. Yeah. I had to do it all in a stiff bar, and I had to do it with a two hour weigh in. So like, he's the greatest of all time, dude. You can. There's no. There's, you know there's how much no, weight no you can manipulate. I've lost over twenty pounds. Yeah, almost died in the process. <laughs> yeah, once or, <laughs> once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but, where are we at? Uh, we're on, are we on my you're, eight? Yours. Yeah, you're number eight. All right. All right. So this it, this actually overlaps with my something on my list. So this this comes from your number eight is Ilya Ilyin's 246 kilo clean and jerk from the President's Cup in 2015, which happened in Russia, and. He was still competing for Team Astana at the time uh-huh. under the Kazakhstani banner, but a more dominant performance in weightlifting history, you'll never find it. This this performance that he gave, and I guess we can combine this with my number, whatever it was on my list, because he uh-huh. also snatched, it was like 195, 197, 196 here. Yeah. So, George, let's pull that one up too. So, But the, what kills me about this is there's – Two things about Ilya that I love. One, everything he does looks easy. Like, it looks like he yeah. can do 20 kilos more. And then also, it looks like... Like, Ilya, to me, looks like if you were, like, had a kid at a birthday party. And he's just completely distracted and, like, doesn't, like, care about what's going on. And you're like, hey, Ilya. Yeah, like he's bro. Get out there. You, you have a world record attempt you have to go yeah, after. Like, yeah. And he goes, oh, okay. Yeah. And then he just walks out, like... You saw the backroom footage of this meet, right? I'm yeah. sure you have. Look at how like he's just like wandering around, like manic as fuck, and back dancing, in the back, dancing. Yeah, and he's just having around. a great time. And like, I I remember that in the back room, he's just running around, da 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 da. You know, he's doing his own thing back there, and then like their coaches, the handlers, just grab him and go out, and it's just like, oh shit, you're right. Because <laughs> his his first and second snatches were they were pretty epic. So this is one ninety one. He didn't do as much as I thought. He's done more in other situations, uh-huh. but here I think he was more concerned with going for the all time world record clean and jerk, which at the time he was competing in the one hundred five weight class, which was the most stacked. I mean, that would be the same weight class as Klokov, Ruslan Narudinov, Alexei Torakti. Who else was like the epic one hundred five? There was a couple other um, Russians that probably weren't as famous. Yeah, there's they had a lot of good lighter lighter guys too. But look at this. I mean, just the amount of like look yeah. at that. Just how aggressive and not like hesitant he is about that setup. The other thing that I I loved about Ilya was that um 
nobody could like take off more time and get as weak as he did and then just build that like he just had that confidence he like i think he said after one uh, the second last olympics that he did that he took off nine months that was prior wow. to, to this camp where he came in and broke all the world records so go back to the clean and jerk now can you imagine he said all he did was cycling when when, oh, he, dude, when he was going around great. doing those seminars he was clean and jerking like a hundred and 55 kilos can you imagine he was doing he did a seminar tour where klokov was on it oh really can you imagine i remember that can yeah, you imagine right. him and klokov being in the same room and klokov's just jacked shredded veins popping out everywhere and then you have Ilya, who's just like completely let himself go yeah <laughs> and and they're like wow you must be really strong like actually no that guy is is like yeah. much better <laughs> so all right go back so if i remember correctly Leading up to this attempt, so at the time, and I think this still stands if you just take the drug testing Dude, controversy out of this. 246 kilograms. This is jerk. the all time world record clean and jerk for his, let's just say they turned it into what, like a 102 weight class, and so now you have mm. other people competing in it, which I don't even know who they are at this point. But I think to me, this is the greatest weightlifting attempt of all time because he, I think he came out. I think this is this might have been his first and last attempt. I'm I might be wrong about that, but like he just did one. Either he did one and this was it, or he did a warm up because I think he went into the back, warmed up, and then I think he came out and just took this lift. Wow, that's you, can you look that up? Just like Google uh, Ilya Ilyin President's Cup attempts 2015. Because if that's true, that makes this even more epic. Because you imagine going from the warm up room where you're just you know, whatever, dicking around, warming up. And like he there was in go. the zone, having fun, dancing. And he comes out and the first attempt that he did as his clean and jerk was the all-time world record. And it's just like, you know, the best lift ever. It is one. And also one of the most beautiful lifts, like the way he stands up with that clean. It's so aggressive. He knew. It's ah, like, Dennis Ulanov. He was another one that I remember. It's like he just turned gravity off. Either way. You'll have to probably watch like the entire results of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that says he totaled 437 kilos at at the President's Cup in Grozny that year. I'm I mean, going, that's once we get farther up my list, I'm going to show you a weightlifting accomplishment that is so insane. Okay. I think it blows this one out of the water. Let's see it. Competition. Okay, so 191, 247. It just says the, the total, though. Yeah, I don't think he took an attempt prior to that, and if it was, it was something like that's ga That's gangster if he only took the one, but even if he took three, that's still in. It's epic, but just this dude's confidence and, like, he was so sure that he was going to go out and lift that. And you're right. Like, as quickly as he could stand up from that clean, it's like you know how whippy a part I can't even stand is. up that fast just off Front the couch. Squatting. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> all right well all right what's your uh, what's your eight all right uh i think we're going up because uh, so this would be my seven actually so oh, um right. okay. we're gonna jump back to powerlifting everybody who's a fan of hybrid these days you know who john hack is you know what a fucking freak he is and uh his most recent all-time world record this was just a couple months ago 1030 which is just one ninety eight. Uh, yeah, no, no. He can look. He, he competed at two twenty there. Oh, this was two twenty. Yeah, probably good. He got so jacked. 
I remember when he first came on to the untested scene, he looked just like yeah. a regular dude. Normal dude. Well, he probably did it the right way. It seems that way. Yeah. Look at this. I'm pretty, His final I'm, squat was like, what, 800 pounds-ish? Something like that. And what's crazy is, like, look at the numbers he's doing, and squat is, like, I think the thing he struggles with most. Yeah, I mean, you can't critique him, right? But it's definitely his least, like, he's the pretty Ed, He's the Ed Cohen of our generation, for sure. Yeah. And, like, just as nice and, like, a humble dude. Squats high bar, which is crazy. Yeah. It does not look comfortable. <laughs> no. no <laughs> and he it, just keeps getting better at it. It actually reminds me of uh, Kevin. Kevin Oak. Yeah, they, that's they true. They squat kind of similar, right? What was that? What was his final attempt? Was that 347 and a half? Yeah, it must have been. Um, didn't he bench yeah. 600 at this meet, too? I think so. That's where we're getting to now. Yeah, look at this. Jeez. See, this, this is, is the most is, insane thing a, ever. Whoa, dude. And what's crazy? And, and he doesn't even, like, let it sink at all on his chest. No. It's just like a light touch. That's I've crazy. never benched heavy and not had it sink. And his is, like, yeah, one of the most beautiful benches I've ever seen. I mean, down fast... Up yeah. fast at 600 pounds at 220 body weight. Mutant. I, Opens at 395 at this meet. I think, didn't he do 410 here? Yeah, I think he did. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, he gets red lighted on this though, for some reason. Yeah, he dropped it. Oh, yeah. yeah I've done that before. Oof. Yeah. So, he, well, I mean, it's not like no. he gave him any trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was concerned. <laughs> What's this one? 410. Shut up, John. Just <laughs> silly. Not really, but I'm just kind of jealous. His his Dude. deadlift setup is insane. Which is just the not really a setup. Just yeah, he just bends. He just kind of grabs it. And Yo, goes. What, do you, what do you think about this new Kabuki bar? Because like everybody's breaking all the records now. Is it just? I've used it. We, uh, we have one here. So I train. I used Kabuki's squat bar. And I like their squat bar. Actually, their squat bar is my favorite one I've ever used yeah. because of the knurling all over. But their oh, deadlift right. bar, dude, I don't know. I mean, I, I, if, you're, if you're blaming or attributing success or failure to the bar, like, I don't think that's my first place to go. Yeah. I think that the one thing that I heard, because we used a prototype at Pro, not Pro Raw. Uh, what was the meet I did Kern. last year? I, at the current last something? year. People were complaining that the bar was too aggressively knurled, which sharp, dude. That I remember was pretty sharp. It's like, but I mean, I don't know if that's a a negative. Honestly, he makes really good stuff. You know how Aleko makes their barbells? Mm -hmm. They do razor sharp, but the competition ones are razor sharp, and they actually use the same mold, and the mold dulls every time they make a barbell in it. Mm. So they, and again, if my numbers are slightly off forgive me but i'm pretty uh, this is what i was told that they make 10 barbells per mold the first two that come out of the mold are competition barbells and then the eight following are training barbells so they have okay. a, a less aggressive gnarl um but if you've ever been a weightlifter and use a weightlifting barbell it's like your that thing touches fucked. your shin yeah you're done oh my you're done i've God, done dude. i've done it and i'm like oh I, I still have scars on my shin in places where hair doesn't grow. Oh, me too, man. Just from the... There's like little marks and stuff to <laughs> yeah. see, but like, <laughs> I are remember. Your, are your shins sensitive? Like, if somebody 
if I tap my shin on anything now, like after... I don't think so. Oh. They're good at dealing with their emotions. Oh, dude, mine are so Very resilient. I don't know what it is. It's like it's like as bad as stubbing a toe for me. I think I, I made a point when I was a weightlifter to always wear long socks. It's like I kind of got inspired by Ilya back That's then. Wise. I And even when I started like deadlifting really heavy, I would always wear long Nike socks because I, I hated my shins bleeding. It would happen so many times. I'm like, I felt like an idiot. And then I had to clean the bar and you'd be one of those morons of yeah. scrubbing and alcohol. What's the alternative tape? That's no, annoying. Would, I mean, I remember uh, Fernando used to do that. <laughs> what, tape his shins? Yeah, he would tape his shins, but he would tape them under I socks. I sweat too much for that. It just comes right off. And then you got the hair to deal with. It's yeah. too much. All right, let's, <laughs> let's, let's keep going. So we got... So we, that was my uh, eight? So my eight, my We're seven. We're definitely going to have to make this two episodes. Okay, so... <laughs> Are we, we, so you're, no. we're back on me. So yeah, we're back on him. Not, so now it's my seven. My yeah, seven. go to his seven. Oh, this is... Uh, uh, this is This is Jamal Browner's uh, total, but specifically what I was interested in was his uh, deadlift world record. In this. Okay. What was the record, George? I think I put it in the notes there. Thousand three. A thousand three. Unreal. Unfathomable. And what's crazy about this was something that's always been like so impressive about um, Jamal is that he deadlifts so heavy so frequently. I'm like. And like repetitions too. He doesn't do like a single and back downs. It's like, I'm going to do. Three sets of two at 400 kilos. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking excuse me? So what ridiculous. are you talking about? And another thing that was cool was, remember when him and Yuri Belkin yeah. were neck and neck? Yeah. They competed. They were, what was the they were just, we did with them at uh, Boss of Bosses? Like four mm-hmm. or five? I don't remember when. And they were just chipping each other's records yeah. or trying to at least. And now, like, I don't know if it's like... It was kind of seemed like it was just a grip thing for Jamal before. And whatever he's done to address it, now he... Did he make it, this? 467? Oh, my God. No. Does he make it? No. no. Damn. Oh, my God, though. That's... What is that in pounds? But like, think about the concept. The, the, right, the reason I thought that you putting on the, this on the list was so impressive is everybody except for Jamal Browner and... That's 1,030. Like, everybody except Jamal and everybody except Yuri. And, like, tell me if I'm missing somebody. Like, probably Shane Hunt in the next six months or a year we'll be doing the same numbers because that kid is a fucking freak that kid's a freak yeah super freak but the imp- the reason this is so impressive is because the only other hey, people shirt. yeah <laughs> it's garrett is, is it, it garrett no, no it's not it's a, like it's a garrett lookalike that's nah, his clone the only <laughs> other people in history that have deadlifted that heavy are 400 pound strongmen or heavier strongmen when you compare jamal's deadlift to somebody like eddie hall or thor it's like, dude, those guys are legitimately 450 pounds, 460 pounds. And he's 242 and like... And jacked. Looks like a normal-ish human being, you know? Like, obviously, he's very, very strong and has a ton of muscle dude, on him, but... you're If you think he looks like a normal human being... No, no. Compared to Eddie and <laughs> Thor, they do. Oh, yeah. Those guys, if you go see them in person, even Eddie now, and he was just here, like... Yeah, yeah. Monster. You know, like, he's a huge person. Yeah, he's never not going to be a big dude. They're li- they're like a different and species. And he's like, he's still Jamal's a human. Yeah, like you could just sit him in a room and like, okay, like he lifts weights and he's jacked and he's strong, but like he's not 
eddie size or thor size imagine imagine just having like jamal's like a a jack guy just in a room with other guys that look that jacked as well how much do you deadlift a thousand three (laughs) like the fuck out of here that's not even his best deadlift ridiculous dude he's done 500 in training that's insane did you do that with straps or without i hope he did i mean either way man doesn't matter i mean like every all the strongman records you're allowed and also we didn't know the strongmen are wearing deadlift suits and using figure eight wraps right so i I mean so like imagine he just used your normal like loop strap and like pulled 500 kilos that's insane especially at 240 so he's got 200 pounds less body weight put that man in a in like a triple ply competition and just blow triple ply? Yeah, I don't like, think that exists. No? No, I think they go double ply. I think there's triple. I think you're talking about toilet paper. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this is my number six. Uh-huh. And the reason I put this on here is because oh, modern yeah. day, Dan Bell's the best power lifter of all time. Can't argue with me on that. Maybe you could, but to me... Greatest powerlifter of all time in the modern era. You know, like you obviously have to separate what's going on now from like Ed's time, but currently he, I think that that Dan is just he's just so far above and beyond any other human being that competes in powerlifting that it's unbelievable. I mean, it's just the guy is an absolute freak. He's the nicest dude ever. And this lift in particular was cool because I was, I competed right before him as my mm-hmm. heaviest squat of all time. I squatted 400 kilos at this meet and it was so much fun. And I trained with him a couple times leading up to this and dude, him, like you could go train with this dude and like, you'll run through a whole workout with his crew and he is there helping and spotting oh, yeah. and loading weights and just doing everything possible to be a good person. And then in competition, like this squat was just, what was this? Oh, 505. Jesus Christ. So he set the all-time world record as a super heavyweight at this mean. He's the only one breaking his own records at this point. Like, I don't know if he's still competing as much as he used to, but this was epic because I was standing right wow. there behind him. And his knee wrapper, you see the guy on the right, this very, very large, very nice uh-huh. Canadian man named Seth. You know Seth? <laughs> I don't know if I do. So he's uh he used to be a multi-part. Oh, I recognize him though. Yeah, yeah Seth yeah, Albertsworth. Yeah, yeah. He, he he's been here a few times. Also, him and his wife, yeah, amazing yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. Super What's his, sweet. His wife's name? Mianna. Mianna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they yeah they're she competed I think at the showdown. Okay, Pretty yeah, sure. I think so. But Dan's Dan's epic. I can't say enough good things. He's helped me out a ton. And this squat in particular, I think to be like one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Because I saw it in person. And his same knee rapper, Seth, who's like his training partner and close friend, wrapped my knees for all my squat Wait, attempts does, at this meet. Does he fly in this Canadian knee wrapper? No, he lives he lives up there in Daytona. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but he was just there. And his, his that was him and Garrett Fear at I think neck and neck best knee rappers in the game. If you yeah, have to Garrett's compare. Garrett's nice. Garrett's nice too. And like they'll both just go out of their way to help, but this lift was amazing because nobody's ever done it. Like, not even come close outside of the multiply world. And he fucking crushed it. And he set the all-time world record total as well in competition and at 26 let's not six. forget, he's probably had eight beers. <laughs> this was point. early in the day. He wasn't drinking you yet. You sure? He drank later, yeah. That's another <laughs> impressive thing about Dan. If you've never seen him compete, like, in between attempts, he'll just... Like, I remember we were going to the deadlifts, and he was just, like, drinking. 
It's like, what the fuck, dude? How can you do this? And he's just so accustomed to it, I guess, that he doesn't like, bother him. It's hilarious because he obviously he, he trains crazy hard and he's super talented, but he like treats it like the way you treat like a beer league hockey team. Yeah. And then he's the best <laughs> in the world at it. It's yeah. like, it's unbelievable. It's just like, if you see the man and see his hands and like, he's got a full-time job. It's like a mechanic and like, does he really? Yeah, dude. He's just out there like repairing diesel trucks all day. And like, he's well, still able to do this. That's a cool um, skill profession. But it kind of sucks that this guy can be the best in the world at this thing, and and it's clearly what his passion is, and he's not making. Yeah, but you know what? He's not. The, I I, of it. I get that, and I agree. But I also, from his perspective, and I like talking to him, he's always said like, you know, I just, I just love doing this, and like the passion shine, shines through, and like competing around him is really fun. He's just like a good dude. So shout out Dan. Uh, that was epic. So let's let's go on to your number six now. I think, I think. yeah. What's my six? Oh no, let's skip this one because we basically did that because yeah. it was on your list. Okay. So let's go to my five. Ooh, Evgeny Chigashev. Yeah. This is for weightlifting history buffs. There is so much I love about this weightlifter. The first thing is he's just actually a gangster, was which he? is fun. <laughs> he. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, he, like, he has a giant like if you look at him with his shirt off you ever seen him walking around with his shirt off he's got like a I've never hole seen him. where he got stabbed right as and, one does and fought off like four guys or something yeah let's see let's see if we can pull it up there's him and in, the, the other thing there's that, him in Klokov look at this big beautiful Russian that's Klokov wrong guy and there's Razazadeh shout out Razazadeh <laughs> This is all pictures of Klokov shirtless. Very strange. Yeah. Why is there so many pictures Just of Klokov shirtless? Just type Evgeny Chigashev stabbed. <laughs> he, uh, he had to take like a bunch of time off because of it. I'm But uh, sure what, what I liked did. about him as well is that he he's super undersized for super heavyweight. Like he's only like like 5'10 or something. Like he's but not, he came in at like 250 pounds, didn't he? No, I, I think he was pretty light, dude. I think he was pretty light. I think he was just... He just didn't uh, want to cut weight. Yeah. So, he. I mean, he's... You know, you got this guy. Like, Rosazade's record at the time was what? Like, 214 kilos? That's not him. You have this guy doing 210 and weighing, like, so this half is... the weight. L look at this. Have you ever seen a snatch grind? <laughs> uh... Oh, my God, dude. Now I have. Oh, <laughs> 133 kilograms. Oh, my God. Really? But, yeah. I mean, all right. So he wasn't that light, but... For for those supers, though. Like, for a super. I mean, he, but he was the, like... I get it. There's no way he's 5'10". And the fact really? that he's jacked... Can you check his height, 210, George? 250. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. That's and, and freaky. He, and, and he looked good. Like, he had a, he was, yeah, had a jacked like, physique. He I kind of get that look. It was like... Oh, 6'2", I lied. Okay. Right. So he's a, big, he's a big boy. He's like a leaner version of me. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. I, I, then I like that he just Because every other chose super not to be a fat guy. Huge. Yeah. Like huge, huge. It's like if I would have kept weightlifting, like. Dude. So athletic. Been. Crazy. Yeah. To save a 210 kilo <laughs> snatch, like, Dude, he, what are you doing? He duck walked it. <laughs> <laughs> the only other person. <laughs> Since then, that's snatched as heavy or heavier. I, th I mean, obviously, Lasha. well, Lasha, yeah, but uh, forget Lasha. He's 
irrelevant here. <laughs> he's he's competing in a weight class of his own at this point. Yeah. The only other person that's come close, I think, is Gore Mizanyan. Who's that? He's uh, pull pull him up, George Gore Mizanyan. He's an Armenian weightlifter shaped like a barrel of monkeys, like M I S A N Y A N. We'll get you know just a barrel of monkeys. It's G O R. I mean, look at him. G O R, not G O R E. That's not flattering. I mean, he's not a good-looking dude. G O R. There's no E on it. George, there you go. There we go. There you go. There you go. Oh, Martyrassian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Not good. Oh, look. no, this is not. Mar- Horrible looking snatch. Probably the it's the worst consistent technique I've ever seen. <laughs> Yo, look how close the barbell is to his head yeah. in the overhead position. All right, but wait. Go, how does he even get over go there? Go watch him on YouTube. You'll see. It's even worse. Okay. And like I'm saying this, Whoa. even if he's second best in the world, like. Some of the worst technique you'll ever see because it's so. But you weird. know what? Uh, this is this is. Look at him. Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah. <he does. laughs> look, at, look at that man's body, dude. He just looks like somebody's like dad who lives in Ohio. No, he looks like he got drafted <laughs> from the Armenian mafia, and they're just like, "You're gonna go weightlift." All right. This is. You but this go. is why, like. I think there's such an overemphasis on technique in weightlifting. It's like, yes, technique is important, but beyond a certain point, like yep. just be strong. Look at that. Oh yeah, that's ugly. That's real ugly. But, it, consistently. Consistently. Yeah. Consistently like he's so strong and so good, but at the same time, like Well yeah, for look some, that. for some reason Americans and Canadians and like all the Commonwealth countries, they think they can like technique their way to a 200 kilo snatch or something uh, it's like, like dude right. do you know how much you have to s- squat do you know what your body has to be capable of strength wise to put that shit over your head have you tried diana ball <laughs> it helps i've heard <laughs> that's what the russian that's what all these dudes were doing that's how they they passed the test for well, all those years I, ivan abajayev right that was his thing yeah, god bless. did you hear the story about when you went to cal strength uh no so apparently he goes to cal strength and then for people who don't know who ivan abajayev is he's the guy who created what we now um popularly described as the bulgarian system which is you max out snatch you max out clean and jerk and you max out your squat and they basically do that twice a day it's it's a system designed where for where you dump as many people as possible into it and the people who are durable enough and respond well to it do really good things and then the rest of them get injured and their career is over so <clears throat> it was very dependent on uh not dying well, on, well, yes, but I was very dependent on drugs because nobody can do that, yeah, you know, it's without insane. it. So he goes to Cal Strength and uh, they're all like, you know, they're training. He goes, apparently at one point he asks, this, this is from John North. He goes, where are the pink pills? <laughs> it's like confused how they're doing this. And they're like, oh, no, like. In America, we, we can't do that. Like we have, you know, we have testing. It's rigorous. Yeah. They can come at any time. He goes, so why do you do this? <laughs> That's such a good question, though. He's like, he, he legitimately is. couldn't wrap his head around. He's like, if you're not allowed to do drugs, why are you even, what are you doing? Some that's what he that's I, what he said to them. Is he, I asked the same question. I think he's I don't think he's wrong. And I mean, listen, from his perspective, like, well, yeah, of he's like, course, how you, how there's gonna, no other way to do it. Yeah, I mean, imagine you come from a country like Bulgaria where there's an enormous amount of people who want to be weightlifters. 
you throw them through this funnel. You tell them take drugs. They're for a while we're the most winningest country in all of uh, weightlifting, and then you come to America and it's like, oh, this is how you're trying Ooh, to compete against 170 us. 170 kilos, spicy. Yeah, they're like, dude, that's my muscle snatch. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I get it because that weightlifting to me was the most painful sport I ever trained, Hurts and bad. I you got something on your on your eyebrow. I don't know how it got there. That's thank you. Very kind of you. I don't even know what you just picked off of me. I, but... I didn't know if it was going to fall or not. I gave it some time. Well, let's move on, shall we? Let's let's go to my number five. This is the current goat. Lasha. I don't know if there's anybody that will ever be stronger than this dude. So six seven, I think, or six six, like a hundred and seventy, hundred and eighty kilo dude, hailing from the beautiful country of Georgia. And wow, dude. for the last six years, basically, since uh, he <laughs> All was... All-time world record. Was that his first attempt or was that the record? That was the first attempt. Okay. <laughs> so this dude opens at 210, which before this, I think Razazadeh did that, maybe a little less than that. And I think his Razazadeh's record was 214 or 211. Because okay. like Gore's something. done 212, 214 before in competition. So... For anybody who's a weightlifting buff, you know how impressive Lasha Talakadze is. The biggest, most impressive, uh, you know, most Georgian weightlifter on earth. This, it's like every time the dude competes, he chips his record by a kilo. And, and it looks stupid. You know, it's like, okay, why didn't you just you know go what? for 225 all every the, time? All these guys, right, who are clearly on gas, right? When you retire... Post your PRs, your training PRs, Please. because you've obviously snatched over 500 pounds in training, of right? Of course he has. You know, it's like you're not going out there and doing 225 and making it look like, you know, like it's your first attempt and not hitting. Look at this, dude. I don't think he this cares. Is, this is going to be silly. Yeah, well, he, I mean, he gets paid to just win, right? Right. So, but win and right. break records. A couple of things I love about this and why I put this at number five. Number one, forehead plates. Yeah, like, it's beautiful. Never been done. You know, never been done in competition. So this is unbelievable. Number two, look how fat he is. <laughs> and I mean that with so much endearment because you know he's the a, way he he's moves. He's only fat in his stomach. Like everywhere well, yeah. else, everywhere else is normal. <laughs> yeah. like he, he doesn't have fat legs or a fat ass or like fat okay, head. Well, yeah. Even his head. Like he just has he's a got normal a big guy's head. head. Like he's 6'7", bro. What are you talking about? Well, like, he's I mean, big dude. I mean... You can't see his chin, but, but if, I'm sure if you could. If you cut that beard off. Yeah. It's you would a, be sick. a little jowly. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> He's a six foot seven Georgian man. <laughs> like, you're asking a lot, but like for him to move that well as a hundred and seventy, hundred and eighty pounds, six foot seven I'm pretty sure Batman. I'm pretty sure he's like a few years younger than us too. Yeah, he's a young dude. Isn't he like he's got twenty kids and a G Wagon and stuff? Like he's living the high life oh. in Georgia. Oh yeah. But like, look at that stomach. You see the man's power belly? 29. Yeah. He's two years younger than me. One year younger than me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, how can you move like that? And like with that flexibility and he just stands like the second he stabilizes it in the bottom of the catch, like there's a video of him. Might as well have been a hundred. Where the uh, training hall, I guess they repurposed like a, uh, like a basketball gymnasium and he is so tall and has such a long wingspan. He walks up to the the basketball net and uses the rim. He's Stretching not jumping. Stuff. He just grabs the rim of the basketball net standing there 
to stretch out his wrists and just like leans into oh, of it, course. stretching everything. And it's like, whoa, dude. So here's the thing, right? Like, I'm sure you agree with me on this. Yeah. In strength sports, you have equal opportunity. You do not have equal outcome. But aside from all of that, the mm. determining factor is just how freaky your genetics are. But that's, that's, all, that's all strength sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's what I'm saying. All strength sports. And when you go to powerlifting, which there, there's many different skills that you need to develop in powerlifting, but when you compare it to a sport like weightlifting, it's much more simplistic. And the more you simplify a sport and bring it down to just one thing, like strength in powerlifting, the more genetics matter. And yeah, because I, I mean, look, Jamal, John Hack, Ed, Dan, like... Oh yeah, you know. Well, like, I mean, just look at like Jamal breaks every rule. Oh, I just like deadlift four times a week, and it's always over eight hundred pounds. Yeah, bro, you know, it's, that's like, that. You no, know, no training protocol on earth would ever, ever tell you to do that. No, 